Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Well, on the bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out of bed, seat, bringing in a bad, ever with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad, out of bad, day, bad, love, bad, do, bad, 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 such bad vibes. We are done in the Magic City Studios in the Barola Palacio, right across the river, which is where Granny loves to tap into Grandpa's stash pre rolls in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directed travel, some kind of fashion shake it up. Should do but all my friends come around for the party up rats on the west side, fed bugs uptown. What a mess of tons of tatter, my brain splattered all over Manhattan. Should be shaking. It was getting on Pharrell with Carver High this evening. So uh did you just see that Carver High to pick six, Hizzy? Yeah, Three, I did just see six that. to seven. What'd you think of that? Nice pass nice. by Hertz. Well, I I, I originally thought nice receiver. pass. I, I actually did blame the receiver because he fell down. Like, like if the if he doesn't fall down, it's kind of contested. It's pro- it might still be a pick, but it might not go to the house. Uh, the receiver completely blew a tire, and that ruined it for Hertz. Uh, and Diggs takes it the whole way. We had a flat tire. Blew a flat, baby. He's gonna have to make a pit stop. Blew a flat top, a flat tire. So now it's what twenty six to seven. It is now twenty seven to, to seven. Yes. I'm feeling pretty good at this point about that um, three and a half. No, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, look, the <laughs> Cowboys have Cowboys have completely dominated this game tonight. Let's be fair. I mean, the only Eagle touchdown was a defensive one in the end zone there when the big guy Fletcher Cox got his hands on the ball. Look at him giving him the business. Hurts giving Smith the business here because he fell down. Um, other than that, the Eagle offense has been embarrassing. They've done nothing. And then the one time they did cross the 50 late in the first half, Sirianni punts. Right. I mean, honestly, you're down 20, 20 to 7. You're on the other side of the 50. Like, what are we punting for on fourth and, you know, four or five? What are we doing? So anyway, I, I didn't see him giving him the business. I, I like, looked away or something. Or Yeah, he, he said something. I, was he really giving him the business? He he went to Smith, and he, was just, and he kind of just gave him a look. He was saying something to him. He kind of gave him a look like, come on, bro. Like, like what are you doing to me out here? It's hard enough. You're going to fall down. Like, that's the look he was giving him. Uh, I can't believe he fell down. What, what did he fall down for? I mean, I don't get it. Like, 
his momentum. He was so fast on the cut that he fell down. It looks like it, yeah. Or, you know, I he mean, was turning around because Hertz threw it behind him, and he was trying to stop on a dime to go back and catch it. Who knows? The long I don't night know. Uh, I heard earlier they were going to have Nick Saban on the Eli. Yes. And, and did they have him on there? I believe he's this quarter, the third quarter they're going to have oh, him on. All right. Because I heard that he was coming on. And yeah. I just didn't see it. I was actually they had, watching uh, this. Did you, have, I'll did tell you, you watch Ron? You watched the LeBron quarter. No, I did not watch LeBron. I, the reason why I didn't watch it was I was watching this thing uh, just for an hour that was distracting me, and it was about um, Marty Fish. Do you remember him, the tennis player? We welcome our radio affiliates, all of them. It's just a great day. Congratulations to all of you for being able to hang out with us on a Monday Night Football with Carver High and Pharrell on the bench on a misery Monday Nighter. We got the Monday Night Football game going on, so we welcome all of you. Serious, mightier 1090 Sportsman Up Sports Finally. So uh, Marty Fish was a tennis player that um, for you know the U.S. side that really. Uh, I never knew he had. Did you know he had all these uh, mental health problems? I did not know that about Marty Fish, no. Did you ever know that he was scheduled to play in the fourth round of the U.S. Open on Labor Day in, like, 2012? And he was facing Federer uh, to go to the quarters. And he pulled out of the match, like, you know, 30 minutes before the, the match. He pulled out. He called up. He was in his limo with his wife and he called up and said he wouldn't be playing because he uh, had health issues and his health issues where he had, um, it turns out that he had massive, I mean, just way out of control, uh, anxiety issues. And his anxiety was not nerves. It wasn't butterflies. It wasn't, um, you know, uh, stress, it was overwhelming anxiety of his brain where he, uh, it literally made his heart race to like 220, uh, uh, 200, you know, uh, 220 beats a minute, whatever, as opposed to whatever it is, uh, you know, like if you were racing and you'd be at around 160, he was at 220, like heart attack speed. And, um, he like had these overwhelming like thoughts of just chaos and here's Saban coming on the show right now, but, uh, just crazy thoughts, like just crazy, overwhelming, uh, the whole world was caving in on him, the everything, not just tennis, but just everything, life, breathing, you name it. And, um, it was they didn't find it out until he went to see uh, a child psychologist, believe it or not, figured it out and figured out what was wrong with his brain. It's all very exciting. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country. 
including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. So, Saban's on it, and uh, Peyton just said to him, he goes, I only played against you once uh, in the pros when you were with the Dolphins. And he said, uh, one of my favorite things to do against you was throw real quick third down completions uh, to see uh, you yelling at Kirby Smart every time. He goes, I enjoyed watching you yell at Kirby Smart. And then before that, Eli said to him after Dak Prescott fumbled the snap, Coach, is that one of your favorite plays when the uh, quarterback fumbles the snap from the center? And he said, it drives me nuts. But it's great when they get him on. He's actually, you know, a normal human being, smiling, loose, having fun, not being mad at the media, not being angry all the time on television, uh, in press conferences and everything. Now he's just a cool guy. Well, he runs the same exact act that Belichick runs because Belichick does the same thing. When you get him in a setting like this where he just like sits around at the table like on NFL Network and talks football like on some 86 Giants special, Belichick is like the best guy in the room. He's making jokes. He's telling great stories. He's so in-depth. Then you get Belichick like the cup we played today on Coast to Coast asking about the interception for Mac Jones, and he goes, uh. you know, that's like Nick Saban. When he gets, when he gets uh. mad, he does the same so Saban and Belichick really are the same. They're, they're cut from the same He's cloth. In a pod. They, do, they do the same thing. You know, they're, they're insightful guys. You just got to get them away from their setting and away from the from football. day to day. Right. So uh, Peyton said to me, he goes, I know I was down there visiting your team, and uh, you let me visit the Alabama team. And he said, the one thing I noticed, you took all the DBs with you uh, uh, for a meeting uh, away from the uh, team, and he said, head coaches don't do that. And he said, well, I was a DB coach and a defensive coordinator, and my favorite thing was, he goes, I was a secondary coach before I was a, a D coordinator, and he said, right. early in my career, and he said, I love the D-backs, and I love to meet with them and to teach them things and to coach them. And he said, I like to coach all the areas of the football team not just uh, be the head coach. He says, it's hard to do when you have a million things going on, film and everything else. He said, it's hard to do. He said, but I still try to do it. Now, going back to my story about Marty Fish, uh, Marty Fish, the the reason why it was interesting, this was a story about, uh, you know, mental health. It wasn't a story about tennis. 
So it turns out when he was a kid, he used to live with Andy Roddick's family. And Andy Roddick's dad was like one of these crazy dads, like uh, Marijuanovich's dad. Remember the crazy psycho football dad that made his son like a, like a robot? And he uh, trained him all day, every day. Roddick's dad did the same thing to him. So the reason they let Fish live with Roddick was so that Andy would have a, a hitting partner and a practice partner every day, seven days a week, someone to hit with and train with. And so for their whole youth and childhood, Marty Fish lived with Andy Roddick's family. And so they were very competitive, very in everything, girls, everything, food, video games, tennis, everything. They competed at everything. And it was great uh, to see them as kids, very young. And, uh, it, you know, eight years old, 10 years old on. And so what happened was, is they told the story of, of Roddick retiring at 30 because the stress of having to live up to being the number one player in the world and to keep up with these young kids and to be, you know, be everything that everybody wants you to be on television and the media and the fans and the, and the tour and everything else, it ate him alive and he retired. He quit at the U S open one year. He just walked up to the press room. If you remember, and he said, this is my last match. And he never played again at 30. And, um, the only person he ever played again with was doubles. He played once in Atlanta with fish. So fish was his like best friend. And it was weird because he said when they were kids, they were more competitors than friends. He was like his, you know, he competed with him every day at everything. And it was like having a, he said, my, my training partner lived across the hall from me. And he was my, basically my competition and enemy every and everything. So um, they weren't like best of friends, but then later in life, when Marty had all of his problems with his mental health and anxiety issues, and they, they showed his like brain, right. They showed his like, you know, brain and, um, how it in cat scans and all this other stuff and imaging and everything they showed his brain and it was like the most overwhelming thing you've ever seen for a brain right the brain was covered in uh like you know uh what, what doctors would deem anxiety he had his entire brain was covered with you know problems and whereas you or i wouldn't have those issues we might have a little bit of temper a little bit of stress a little bit of anxiety a little you know, pleasure, things that, that are on your brain when they look at it. This guy's brain was just covered in darkness and problems. Like they literally said on this show that he was going to kill himself. Like he just had no reason to live because his anxiety was so overwhelming that it was devouring him and he just didn't want to live. He didn't want to come out of the uh, bed. He just wanted to lay in bed for two, three months at a time, never come out of the house and not even see daylight. He was messed up and they showed him somehow get treatment and help and therapy from this, this child psychologist that was an expert in it. And um, apparently it's like a thing that can start with kids and then turn into manifest into a real problem later in life. And that's what he had. And uh, it was like they, the doctor said it was, you know, suicidal type anxiety. And the story is of how he conquered it and he became like the Davis cup captain later in life. They brought him back into tennis that way. Like he got 
a job as the captain of the Davis Cup team for the U.S. And he's back in tennis and he's happy. He's got a normal life. He's got kids, a wife, and he's he's got his uh, mental health back and he's he's doing okay, right? And it was a crazy story, you know, particularly in the, I guess, aftermath of the Osaka stuff as I'm sitting there, you know, what's wrong with this chick? Like, if you don't like it so much, you know, if tennis is so overwhelming for you, then just quit. Just stop playing. You know, don't don't do it anymore if it's if it's so overwhelming. Remember, she just quit at the U.S. Open again and she just, uh, you know, or whatever, got beat and she just hasn't been herself. And she just can't even get through anything. Press conferences and she's miserable. And I'm like, why don't you just quit tennis? I mean, it's just not even worth it. Like. Who cares? Meanwhile, she goes to the Met Gala and she does all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Carver, she like, oh, yeah. she does all this uh, marketing, PR stuff. Cover, does all cover these commercials. Met Gala. Yeah, SI swimsuits. I mean, she does everything. But but she can't like play tennis anymore because she gets so overwhelmed with her mental health. Well, I guess now after seeing what I saw about this guy, Marty Fish, about the problems he had, I mean, he said they showed this one match where he was in the, the third round of the U.S. Open that year in 2012. He literally played the last two sets. He didn't remember one point. He didn't hear any crowd. He didn't see any crowd. He thought he was the only person in the uh, stadium at Arthur Ashe. He literally thought that uh, he, he doesn't remember one shot, not one serve, not one second of anything. He just floated through it. He was so wow. lit high with anxiety that he didn't remember one second of it. And then they showed him like they showed the actual highlights of him playing and he was snapping his jaw. He was like, he kept snapping his jaw. You could tell something was wrong with him when they told you, they're like, look, there's something wrong with him. So watch, you'll see it yourself. So I'm watching. I'm like, holy shit. I'm watching this guy like totally out of his mind. And he was completely oblivious to anything. And he won like straight sets. He played, just, he destroyed the guy and doesn't remember one shot of the whole match. It was some whack stuff, bro. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
I got to be honest with you, Carver High. I never knew, uh, seriously, uh, that you could have, like, I, you know, I, anxiety uh, is is a scary thing, I guess. And um, I told you I've had a couple uh, issues with it where, um, I, like, when I play basketball in, big, in like, you know, in big games uh, where I go, like, like I go to the bathroom, like nonstop. Like it's the craziest thing. Like I have not, like when I play normally, I don't have, I don't have that problem. I, I just go out and I walk in, I put on my shoes, I stretch, I play right every day. And I, I train every day and I play a lot and I just walk in and I play. And then when I play in these, in these games that are, that matter and like tournament games and, uh, playoff games and uh, league games and things like that. I get this. Uh, I don't get butterflies. I get anxiety and I get um, I have to go to the bathroom like nonstop, like every five minutes. Like it's just out of control. Like it starts at home and I'll be like going to the bathroom and then I go to the gym. I got to go to the bathroom like six times before I play. It's the weirdest thing. I've never seen anything like it. I'm like a dog. Like, you know, the dog that goes around the neighborhood and he just, he like lifts his leg on every little, like every neighbor, yeah. like every driveway hits a rock or a telephone pole or a fire hydrant or a bush or a, or, or a tree. Just, he's got, he just hits everything. That's me at the gym. I could hit makes everything of, in the whole makes gym. Makes a lot of pit stops. Well, I just think that anxiety, like I never knew when I saw it that you could actually, uh, I ne- I'd never seen that before where they showed the brain, right? And they showed it and it was just covered in like blackness and like death. Like the guy had, like it, they said his, his brain was just shrouded in it. Like he was engulfed in it, like suicidal engulfed. And I was like, Jesus, I didn't even know that was possible. I, I really didn't. I didn't know that you could have it so bad that your entire brain is, is covered in it and messed up in it. And you can't even literally do anything else. You're just so overwhelmed with it that you want to kill yourself. Like that's crazy. Like I, you know, you've always heard of people that, um, you know, are suicidal or they, they're depressed, uh, you know, they have um, depression in a really bad way and they, and they think bad thoughts and, you know, want to hurt themselves or whatever, kill themselves. And I never, you know, I guess, you know, I never thought of it that way with anxiety, right? That it was this, you know, disease that was so overwhelming on your brain that you had uh, almost no hope. And I mean, when I watched this thing, I was just like blown away by it because I was, uh, I guess, uneducated on it. I didn't know that that was possible. I just thought that, you know, you were um, clinical depression or you had, uh, you know, anxiety that you had whatever um, panic attacks, things of this nature. I, you know, I guess I just didn't know enough about it, but I, I think it's uh, pretty scary stuff. Like, you know, uh, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was just sitting there going, my mouth was dropped open. So anyway, uh, you said to me earlier that you think uh, after the Eagles scored a touchdown to make it 27 to 14, that you think it seems like you think that the Cowboys have a tremendous chance to blow this. Well, I, I'm not blow it in the sense that they're going to lose this game, 
I mean, you got to figure up 27 to 7 before that TD that they have the game in hand. But I think that we've come to realize over the past few years that when have the Cowboys ever made anything easy? Like, when did the Cowboys ever blow anybody out? Like, anymore. Like, seriously, like, don't, I just feel like there's a chance they're going to win this game, but they might have to sweat a little bit. Like, they'll let Eagle get back to within a score or something like that. It just feels now, Dak's slinging the ball all over the joint. I know you're a little ahead of me, but they they're, they're at he's about midfield. He's not really midfield. slinging it. He's 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 a mess right now, if you ask me. Well, listen, if the Eagles get the ball back here and they go and you know they can get another score, suddenly bang, one score game. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. Cowboys always sweat. All their games come down to the end. There's never unless they're losing. If they win a game, it's never in a blowout. You know, when I watch these guys, oh, he's going to get sacked and just torn up right here. Look out. They got to punt the ball now. I mean, they just went right through that line and messed him up. I mean, you know what? You leave him that open to hits, he won't last the season. He won't. There's no quarterback in the league that can take those shots. That was two guys right there, Malachi Crunch. They were going to mess him up, and they did. They hit him hard, high and low. And if he has to take that all season, he's not going to be standing in January. I mean it. So, oh, and they blocked the punt. No, they just got it off. I cannot believe they didn't block that punt. I thought they had it. Anyway, Oh, man. I thought they had it. Uh, Peyton Manning, it it appears to me. Well, I mean, they both, when they watch the game, they both know everything that's going on, obviously. But. The difference is, to me, is that Eli's a lot calmer than Peyton. You know what I mean? Like, Eli's the guy with the slow heart rate, the the puppy dog eyes. He's just staring at the game, and he's, like, watching, and he's got a smile on his face, and he just looks like uh, a yeah. cartoon and, character. Just and like he throws Gumby. out, like, one-liners. He throws out right. like little one-liners. But he's not he, – but the other guy – Peyton is really intense. He's like, he can't sit still. He's lit up. He's like yelling at the TV. He's yelling at the offense when they make mistakes. He wants the ball in his hands right now. He wishes he was playing still. He's like, hurry up, snap the ball, move the ball, look at the flat, blah, blah, blah. He, every single play, he's more intense about the game than his brother. Have you noticed that? A hundred percent. And it, and it, and it just... You can sense that every single play, it looks like Peyton's just running it through his head. Like, what would I do if I was on the field right now? Like, it just, whereas Eli, like you said, more relaxed, doesn't really care about that stuff anymore. Peyton's there giving you like a full-blown breakdown. You know what it does remind me of? And, and it, and it kind of makes sense because it it's like A-Rod with the baseball now. Now A-Rod's gotten a little out of control on Sunday Night Baseball. I'm talking about when A-Rod first started. Like, you can tell that A-Rod still loves the game and breaks down every situation, and it's all running through his head. You get that same feel with Peyton when he watched these things. He loves the game. It's still every single snap he thinks about if he was in that position. I feel like A-Rod does that with the baseball when he's doing it. I don't know about um, him anymore, actually. Uh, doing the baseball. Like, well, he's become a bit of a cartoon uh, character now. It, it's gotten a little out of control. Yeah, I just, uh, 
no, no disrespect to anybody. I don't, I'm not one to sit here and act like I could do better or anything like that. I'm not that, I'm not that guy. I'm not, you should be I'm in the studio. Saying, like, what's that? You should be in the studio. He should be doing like the pre and the post. He should be doing, yeah. that's what he should be doing. Not in, he should not be doing like what Smoltz does on Fox. He should not be the color guy. He shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I kind of get that now. I just, uh, I just don't care about him anymore calling a game at all. I just don't need him calling a game. I don't, I just don't need it. I, I really don't. And I'll tell you what, I said this before. I'll say it again. This, this works for me. I won't even, I'll never watch the regular booth again. Well, wow. <laughs> I, I, they're so, I mean, they're so awful compared to these two. I it's know. not even worth it. Why, why would you ever turn that back on? Unless they weren't on, yeah. like, because they're not doing every game. They're doing ten of them. Yeah, but, and you don't know which they're, ones they're doing and not doing either. Like, they don't tell you until that week. So, I don't even know if like next week's a big time Monday night game, and they have to be doing next Monday because well, next Monday's uh, Raiders Chargers, big game. They're both off to yeah. great start. So Raiders Chargers a big game. You would think that they're going to do it next week. So I, you know, I look. I I think they're great at it. There's no doubt about it. And I'll say this about Eli as well. So Eli yesterday got his uh, jersey retired, right, yes. and the Ring of Honor at the at the MetLife, which is just a terrible stadium. I have to awesome. say, awesome. I mean, they really threw that up in a hurry. That was like. I mean, it was like Vegas when they build a, a casino and they hire like, you know, 3,000 too many uh, contractors and they build it in like a year. And, they, yep. and it would have normally taken two years. Uh, when they decide they're going to speed build something, it seems like that's what they did with that stadium. They're like, you know what? We had a we had like a giant bowl ashtray stadium before. Let's just do it again. Instead of building... Uh, a Shangri-La kick-ass Jerry's World or Allegiant or SoFi or whatever stadium, um, Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta, they built what they did was, uh, or even the one in Minnesota, the U.S. Bank, they're all kick-ass, right? And then they built this thing where they had the Super Bowl in February, which they lucked out on. That stadium sucks. Like, it's I've awful. been to that stadium for Jets and Giant games and, high school football playoffs and concerts, right. And guns and roses and all the rest that, that, I mean, that stadium just absolutely sucks. They can't even like, even the food there's disgusting. Have you ever yeah. noticed that? Like you can't, everything you about, everything stadium, about the you're going to get, you're going to get Rhea. If you eat there, you're sick within four hours. I mean, you'll be on the toilet all night. Automatic. I don't eat at that stadium. That place is a hellhole. It really is. But I want to tell the story of him getting the Ring of Honor yesterday and how like calm he is about everything. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Carver High, I know you'll be uh, doing shows, right? So you need to know. Uh, yeah, I definitely need to know. Need to know. I definitely you know need what I mean? Know. You need to know the skinny because uh, it, it affects you. Yes. In a, in a big way. So anyway, what I was saying to you was is that MetLife is such an such a antiseptic dump. It's so awful. It's, you know what else? It's a loser. Ever since they built it, have you ever noticed they've sucked? Ever since they built that thing, all they've done is lose both teams. Yeah, I, I think mean, they that the second uh, the second Patriots Super Bowl might have been what the second year they were in that building, but other than that season, they've done nothing. You're telling me the the second Super Bowl they won over the, the one, Patriots yeah, the the, the second building. time they beat them, they were in they were in MetLife because I remember them having the. You know, they did like a rally there after the parade or something, and it was in MetLife. But that was it. That's the only season they've ever been good there. Anyway, he had a uh, big day Sunday, and they screwed that up too by losing, as usual. Oh, embarrassing. And they lost to the Falcons. And, I mean, they are so bad, the Falcons. So what does that tell you about the Giants? That's how bad they are. They're so bad, they can't even beat the worst teams in the league. So they are absolutely um i don't i don't know about predictable but they're definitely um they're definitely a loser okay and they are not good and it's amazing to me with the talent that they have i mean they have some serious talent uh, on the receivers um the running back the you know Tight ends. I mean, they got some guys that can play, and they just don't play. They do, they just don't play. They come to the New York Giants, and they suck. I mean, these guys all look like literally all of them. Rudolph, all of them. They all look like their career's over. I mean, it is. the And then they lose Martinez. They are so bad, but nothing compared to the Jets. The Jets are anemic bad. I mean, they are. You can't. They can't even score. They can't even score an effing touchdown in an NFL game. That's how bad they are. That They are that bad. Like, did you ever think once yesterday that they were going to score in Denver? I never no. once thought they were getting a, even a field goal. No. I, I did not think they were scoring in that game. It was it was embarrassing. That, not even a field goal, right? Like, I never thought they were going to get a first down. Awful. Pathetic performance. Do you think, I, I honestly think that kid just completely hairdryer city. Well, I told you this when after they drafted him. I said, he's going to be the biggest bust out of all these quarterbacks in this draft. I thought this was a bad scene for him. You're taking a kid who has spent his entire life in Utah. Grew Church. up there. High school. BYU. 
you know, he had one great year in college at BYU. Didn't play great competition. Sometimes that doesn't matter, but he didn't play great competition. And you take that kid out of that pond right there of Provo and Utah's whole life, and then you drop him into the New York City environment with a team that historically never wins. The fans destroy anybody, you know, every kid that comes through if they don't get it done fast enough. The coaches are usually a disaster. That sounds like just, listen, just a bad scene from the get-go. And unfortunately for the kid, he's he's played the part so far. Now, I know a lot of, the, you know, the Jet defender will say, well, they have no offensive line, and they and he's running for his life. The offensive lineman, the one guy, Van Routen, actually gave him the business yesterday. He said, Zach's got to learn to get rid of the ball quicker. They were giving him the business. So this is already a he's bad start. Terrible. For this kid. He, he's not he's good. He's so terrible. Now, listen, when Eli, they had his day for him yesterday, you saw him. He just, he barely yes. waved. He just was like, when they were cheering him for endlessly, standing ovation, cheering the guy for five minutes straight, 10 minutes. He just stood there and he was just looking around like, this is really cool. Thank you. I mean, this guy's heart rate is a zero. He just absolutely is like, I mean, you need to golf with him, you know, because the guy wouldn't have the yips. He just is calm as ever. And he just, I think he looks like a guy to me that doesn't care at all anymore that he's not playing. He just does not miss it one bit. I don't care what he says. He'll say he misses it. He's lying. He looks like he is so done with being hit and losing. And being in that loser, and I know he loves the Giants organization. That's all he knows. And he'll be an executive there one day. You know it's coming. And people said, well, you know, Peyton was going to be the commissioner and all this other stuff. And he's going to be the owner and all this other stuff. He's going to do whatever he wants. I won't be surprised he's part of an ownership group in Denver. But I think Eli wants nothing to do with um, – like, he doesn't miss playing football at all. Nope. I mean, this guy looks to me like he's like, I am done being hit. I am done losing. I am done being asked questions by the same idiots every day in the press room uh, or in the locker room or in a presser. He just looks so done with it. And then he just looks like this is this job he's got is so easy. All he's got to do is watch Monday Night Football and mess around with his brother on television and get paid millions. I mean, what a life this guy's got. Because he looked to me yesterday like he didn't even care they were putting his uh, number up in the rafters. No. Did he? <laughs> he, he, did, he didn't. And that, that, but that's, that's always been Eli's demeanor. You know, that, that's kind of always been him. Aw shucks, Eli. Yeah. And now we know, we know that it ended poorly. And, you know, McAdoo really screwed McAdoo up. benched him. Well, yeah, McAdoo ended the streak, and he, and he kind of he really screwed that, that whole thing up. But McAdoo was an idiot. At the end of the day, he did play his entire career with the Giants. Touchdown, Cowboys. With Big Blue. Ooh, on fourth and goal, huh? Yeah, fourth Dak and running goal, around. touchdown. Now that'll do it. Oof. That's got to do it, right? You're up double digits. You're up. You would think 33-14. There's no way they blow this. No, they're no not going to blow this one. 
Yeah, this isn't the uh, Packers you're dealing with here. No, no. The they Eagle offense is good time. enough to come back for three scores in the fourth quarter. They're not good enough. Philadelphia do doesn't that. even have enough talent. They don't have I, enough I guys will say to this. score that many points. We we do need one Eagle touchdown to get the uh, the over here. We do need one more touchdown. So let's get one Eagle touchdown. I think you can get that. <laughs> we could use that. All right, let's get really let's get the no, over no, here. <laughs> now let me ask you this question. Let's because I want to go through all these games, but you. I'm going to go watch Philadelphia play Sunday, all right? Yes. I'm going to uh, the Kansas City-Philly game. And what I'm seeing, I, like I already did the game. I'm on Kansas City laying six. I'm already on it. I think they're going to take it out on Philadelphia. If you think Dallas did them tonight, I think Kansas City's going to do them in, in their own building by at least three touchdowns. I mean, they're going to do them. I think Mahomes is going to go off on him because Prescott went off on him and it, they're just not that good is the reality. No one wants to admit it. They're like, wow, the Eagles. No, they suck and they're going to get worked. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. And, and the reason why originally everybody got all hyped up about the Eagles was who'd they beat up in week number one? The Falcons. The Falcons suck. Well, right. we've seen that for weeks now. So, yeah. You know, and that makes the Giants look even worse, that the Eagles destroyed the Falcons in week one, and, and the Giants couldn't do anything against them. But that's here nor there. This isn't a good football team. This is not. We knew that coming into this year. We didn't think the Eagles were going to be that good. And their defense has problems. Hurts isn't that good. Uh, they're they're going to get, and the Chiefs are, listen, I know they've got, what is it, they've only covered, I think it's one of their last 14 games against the spread the Chiefs have covered. They're covering next week because you've got a team coming off of two bad losses. They had a double-digit lead in Baltimore and blew it. And then last week, you know, yesterday, they played a team that they always beat. They turned it over four times. Some awful turnovers by Mahomes. You know they're stewing all week. They're going to go into Philadelphia, and I just I think you're going to see a beatdown. You're going to see them get whacked. And you're going to see Mahomes have a, a huge day, three, four touchdowns. 350 yards. He need to tear this team up. They need they need a big win. They need a route. Yeah, I'm gonna end up uh, really strong uh, if I if I hit this both ways, Dallas and the spread. I, I ended up like really a great afternoon, basically from four o'clock on. Right. Overall, uh, overall, you know, hitting the Green Bay spread, Dallas both ways, Vikings both ways, Rams both ways. Uh, Vegas and, and Denver to win. Uh, that's a solid four on uh, eight o'clock and Monday night finish for the week. And the week before I was 74% in the NFL in my bets. And so I'm going to come back strong here uh, on what I de deemed a bad day overall, um, a rough day. Cause you remember, and we'll get into this now. You, you remember I took some serious risks this week uh, on coast to coast. I said, look, all these games just look too obvious to me. And like, I'm yeah. going to take some chances like with Washington. The I knew the bills would win, but I didn't like it at nine. And so I did it at eight and a half. And then it went down to seven. I took chances with, um, uh, the bears, the lions and, um, the Jags and jets and the Vikings. And, uh, I went with it right. And the chargers and I hit some of them, right. I hit half of them. Yeah. The other ones I got wrong. All right. So what I learned was, in terms of betting, I'm never betting on the, the Jaguars again. I'm never betting on the Jets again. 
I, I now know officially that Washington sucks. Like, I, I told you that the night uh, yeah. that I watched them barely beat the Giants. I said, they're not even good. This isn't even a good football team. Overrated defense. Good. I mean, tremendous. Overrated. They, they got so carved up. I watched, obviously, every snap of that game. I had it in, right, right in front of me. They got so torn up. And listen, I know Josh Allen, the Bill offense, is good. They did whatever they wanted all day. Honestly, they could have scored 60. That's how bad. I mean, I, I think the Bills actually took their foot off the gas in the second half. I think they could have scored more. Right. And then do you bet on the uh, Bears anymore? Do you have a trouble? No. Like, because the, no, Bear, nope. the Bears are playing nope. the Lions. How do you go near that game? Because I'm on the Lions. Suck. Lions, baby. Yeah, but here's the difference. And, like, you talked about today how there's so many bad teams in the league. And we can list them all, the Bears, the Giants, the Jets, the Jaguars. You can go on and on. Now, the Lions belong in that conversation in terms of talent. But what have we gotten from the Lions the first three weeks? They're giving you effort, and they're covering, right? They covered against the Niners' back door. They yeah. covered, you know, they, they played well for a half in Green Bay and then fell apart. They were, you know, you thought maybe they would get a cover there, but they didn't. Right. Then against the Ravens, another good effort, cover at home. I feel like the Lions, yeah, they their talent is bad, but it seems like they're playing hard for Campbell. And if you give me a big line with Detroit, I think I might be willing to take them. What about um, the Jaguars and Jets? You're not going to bet with them ever again, are you? No. No, they're done. The Jaguars, the Jaguars and the Jets, they, they both suck. They're just awful team. Do you think the Dolphins suck? Or I think with Brissett, they're decent. All right, we're going to go through all these games and, uh, and college tonight on a bench. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Eli's talking to Chris Long right now. Long's first career sack was against Eli, and one of his last sacks of his career was against Eli. And he's joking about how they were in slow-mo, two old men, couldn't move. And uh, Peyton was like, you were a statue your whole career, standing back there in the pocket. 
He wasn't much of a statue that Super Bowl against the Patriots. The first one when he escaped that trouble and threw that bomb over the middle and what's his name caught it at the top David. of his helmet. <laughs> David Tyree. Tyree, right? Yep. You know, it's funny, like that guy goes down in history in New York as like rock star, two Super Bowls against Brady. When Brady has seven Super Bowl rings and this guy beat him twice. That's got to eat at Brady, no matter what anybody says. Oh, no it's, doubt. Got to kill him. Absolutely eat at him. No He'd doubt. Have nine. <laughs> He'd have nine. He's got, what has he got? Three losses, right? Two to, two to uh, Eli and, and, one, and one to Nick Foles. Yeah, those are his three losses. Well, if you were the Bears and you saw what happened oh, with I'd play Justin Fields, you'd you'd play false 1000%. That kid now and that, and here's what else that showed you yesterday. Remember how everybody got so gaga over Fields in the preseason when he was running all over those third and fourth uh, team defenses in the preseason right. games? That just shows you right there. There's a big difference between preseason and going up against, you know, Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. There's a big difference. There's a big difference between going yeah. up against the bartender down at the yeah. uh, Guy's bagging pub. groceries now. Yeah. yeah. Vince, what was his name? Vince. Uh, I mean, they had the 40 guy, yards of offense. What was the guy's yards. name in the movie about the Eagles? Vince Papal. Vince Papali. Vince Papali. That's what he, he went up against, Vince Papali. There you go. It's for all on a bench. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.